welcome, welcome to everybody who is tuning in tonight. This is Talking Shop, and my name is Teresa Reed. I am also known as the Tarot Lady. You can find me always at the same place, www.thetarotlady.com. And my totally wonderful and fabulous co-host, Miss Bree Saucy, come on to the line. Tell us, tell us about you. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this beautiful new moon equinox evening. We're super excited for our show tonight, and I am Bree Saucy. You can find me at www.milagroroots.com. Welcome. I'm so happy that we are here tonight for this show. And I think this is going to be a really, really important one that we're talking about. Um, but before we get onto the subject of what we're going to be talking about, Bree, you're thinking about making some changes on your online world, world, aren't you? Yes, yes. There are some big changes that are brewing. They've been simmering and bubbling in the cauldron for a couple of months, and they are probably... If all goes well, if this Mercurian retrograde chooses to work with me instead of against me, they will um, be revealed uh, in late October, on October 23rd, on the Scorpio New Moon. Mm. I love doing things on the New Moon, too, by the way. You know I'm all about that. Me, too. Me, too. And the Scorpio New Moon is so sexified with my business and my personal chart, so it's very auspicious for me. Right on, and it it's going to be happening in my second house, so I'm looking Yo, exciting. Yes, so, and you know, what's really happening, guys, is Bree is going to be working on some changes to our world, which really segues nicely into what we are talking about tonight. Tonight, our show is called Make Your Mark, and we're going to be talking about brands that stand out. And this is really important, too, when we're talking brands, you know, a strong, trusted brand is so important to your business. When you have a brand that people recognize and they trust, what that leads to for you is more business, more sales. You know, I like to say more ka-ching in your pocket. But, you know, there's so many metaphysical and soul-based businesses out there that sometimes it's a little bit difficult to get your brand ironed out. And yes. it's hard sometimes to stand out, right? Don't you agree, Bree? What do you feel about that? Oh. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think, you know, making your mark, I mean, especially for us who are working in the metaphysical industry and the sacred arts world, we understand how, you know, the words we use, the images we choose, the shapes, the forms, the symbols, all of those things carry so much weight. And so, you know, we we get, I think intuitively, that there's a magic to all of that, and there's a magic to how those things come together. And when you have coherence and clarity on that, um, you really pack a punch with whatever you put out there. And if you don't, it's kind of like, you know, it's the old Bible story of like building your house on the sand versus building your house on solid rock. And if for those of you who don't remember that particular parable, you don't want to build your house on the sand. It's a bad idea. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, the other thing, too, with, with so many businesses out there, uh, I think a lot of us think we have to, you know, try to compete. I hate that word compete, by the way. Yeah. And so oftentimes what we're doing, and I see this so often, uh, is, is we end up becoming generic where we sound like everybody else. 
and there yeah. it, it's so weak and and we're going to really talk about you know how we can create a strong brand and really how to avoid becoming like this watered down weak version of you or like everybody else so we've got the right person for the show tonight Bree, why don't you introduce our absolutely fabulous branding expert so we are super excited, as as uh, our lovely guest was saying. Teresa and I tapped her over a year ago for the show because we knew immediately when the topic came up there was one person to talk to, and that person is Miss Shanae Howard. She is the branding boss behind Hey Shanae. Shanae has worked with entrepreneurs from all over the world to help them build solid brands that stand out and stand the test of time. Welcome, Shanae. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. I'm super, super Hello. excited to be here. This is fantastic. Yeah. Yay. So, Shanae, we're just going to jump right in because we have a lot to cover, and I know that the, the whole topic of branding can feel really overwhelming to people, but you've worked with many, many people on their branding. So can yeah. you break it down for us? What are the components of a successful brand? that you've seen? So I think, you know, before I sort of, I even talk about the components, I think the word branding in itself is kind of like, you know, it's like overwhelming and like, what does it mean? What does it do? How do I get one? Right. Right. Um, Yes, exactly. (laughs) Do I need to schedule a meeting with Don Draper? (gasps) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Don Draper, Apple, what is it? Exactly. um, You know, So branding is basically, um, the way I define it is, it's the stories that people tell about you. So your brand is what people say when they talk about you, your brand, all that good stuff. So you could have a brand that is just a plain old website with just text, um, but if people talk about you in a way that is great for your brand and get your, get you, get you, gets you, oh my gosh, (laughs) gets you sales. (laughs) and gets you attention and, you know, raises your profile, then you have a great brand. So if we're talking about someone like Apple, you know, the story that's connected to Apple is a very specific type of person who has a very specific type of lifestyle and feels a very specific type of way. And, you know, Apple has a great brand because people talk about them in that way that they want. So basically a brand is about stories and the stories that people tell about you. And so that's basically what makes a good brand is that if you have a great story and that people can connect with and can be a part of, all great brands have, you know, being a having a great brand is all about sort of having a club that people want to be a part of, you know? Like you, you have, uh, you know, a really cool, you know, presence. I mean, just the two of you guys, you know, you guys have a crew that people follow you, they love you, and all that good stuff. It's because you have a great brand that people love to hang out in. So that's basically what branding is. That's really, really helpful. Absolutely. Like, before we even talk about the components, just, and I like that because it's almost like the the brand is there. It's not something yeah. that you're grabbing externally and like slapping on, like you oh know my the gosh. logo, like yes. you slap it on. It's this like is it's why there. copying doesn't work. You know, this is why yeah. copying is always so blatant and apparent and embarrassing. It's because you're not just copying somebody's fonts and colors; you're copying their story. And it's like when you try to lie. You know, you try if you try mm-hmm. to tell somebody else's story and be like, "This happened to me," you flub up, you mess up. 
you get the details wrong and nobody believes you because it's not your story to tell. That's exactly mm-hmm. why copying um, is so bad for brands is because it makes it so that nobody gets you and everybody's just very confused by it. So, yeah. Plus, it's so boring. Why would you yes, want to call so somebody? You know, um, <laughs> yeah. you know I have to tell you, Sinead, Bree and I are in very similar industries, but you know, we both are. Very, we have our own little quirks. And for example, one day, <laughs> this will show you the difference in me and Bree. Bree, <laughs> Bree was online talking about Medea. And of course, right. she's talking about mythology. <laughs> well, I thought she was talking about Tyler Perry, so I got really excited. I'm like, she oh my God, Bree's into Medea too. And then I realized she wasn't talking about that. Oh my God, that's so, amazing. But the funniest thing I had, I had to really laugh about it because it's like, wow, that really does show, you know, we have very different points of view, very different things yeah. that interest us, yet we're still working in similar industries and we're serving our people as us. I'm yes. not trying to be totally. the master of Greek mythology and Bree's not trying to get all in with the, you know, hip hop and all that stuff. Tyler so, and Perry, right. awesome. <laughs> which I'm sure is awesome. It, uh, Tyler Perry yeah. is awesome. I love him. So the, this, yeah. this is really an example of how we both are, we kind of embrace our quirks. We embrace who we are. We're not trying to be each other. Uh, so yeah. I want you to tell us, too, since we're kind of like going on the whole thing about copycats and stuff, let's talk about quirks um, and yeah. how do we make them stand out and why you should. So I will tell you, so let me say the story of like the quirk of mine that has basically defined my brand <laughs> over the last four years without me even trying, which is Ryan Gosling. So <laughs> Ryan Gosling. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I love yes. it. So, Yes, yeah, so Ryan Gosling, um, three or four years ago, I started my obsession with Ryan Gosling. And this is before the memes were a thing, which is really, really crazy in hindsight. But, like, he was the sponsor. He was, like, our, what was he, our mascot for HBA, this, this branding course I did a lot. I've, I've done a couple. I've run it maybe 10 or 12 times, and he was the mascot for it. So I would, like, send out emails and be like, love Shanae and Ryan, or I would, like, send them pictures <laughs> to encourage them and stuff like that, and it was just a very, very simple thing, but I, like, I love Ryan Gosling, and it's just gotten out of control. Like, I get emails all the time, like, messages on my Facebook. Everybody sends me anything Ryan Gosling, like, <laughs> my timeline and everything. When he had the baby, which we will not speak of the baby, I'm just still trying to accept its existence, but whatever. But <laughs> he's just a surrogate uh, for your baby. That's all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's just prepping. He's just getting himself ready. Um, he is. He is. He needs. He, he needs. You know, he needs preparation to handle your awesome. Yeah, that's what's exactly. Going on. He's yeah. prepped. Anyway, so um, so that was like a quirk of mine that I was just totally shameless about. And I just inserted it in my brand in really small ways. Another small thing is the Backstreet Boys. You guys, everybody, I'm very, very cool. Ryan Gosling and the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Obviously, I'm <laughs> cool. Um, and um, I know one thing I do when I sign off my newsletters, it's Peace, Love, and the Backstreet Boys. Or when you buy something from my website, you get a thank you page with the Everybody Backstreet's Back video. And there's just little small things 
to let people know that, hey, there's a person behind here who likes things beyond what we do. So this is the biggest thing that people get wrong is that they think that personality is just sort of like, hey, girl, hey, you know, like being really like out there or whatever, trying to embody these personality archetypes, which I could tell you more about later. But instead it's about inserting you and who you are outside your business, you know, like, when, you know, Teresa's always, like, posting amazing rap videos on her social media site, like you say, or, like, me saying, you know, Peace, Love, and Backstreet Boys are sending a new client, or, you know, I just launched this program called Piece of Cake, and everybody who signed up, they got a picture of Ryan Gosling with cake all over his face. Like, little things like that, just really, really simple things. And it doesn't have to be pop culture either, which is people always ask me, like, you know, right, say you're right. really into science or you're really into Greek mythology or whatever, just yeah. share, like, images or share quotes or share sort of, like, anything about that. You know, I use an example in my class. Like I said, if you're really into science, have a, you know, a table of elements to represent sort of your signature process or use it as a scientific method. I'm really into science, which is why I have the brand chemistry um, as a part of my brand. So it just is like little pieces of quirks here and there that really make a brand. You don't have to make it huge. Um, and then it sort of grows from there. So that's how I feel about quirks. Does that answer your question? Yes, absolutely. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. So when when we when we talk about quirks, is there a way – that we can be quirky and still be seen as a pro? Because I think that's a concern oh, that yeah. a lot of people mm-hmm. have, right? Is is like, and, and, you know, I know that when I first entered into the business, that was a concern I had, especially given our industry, where there's already a tendency to kind of write you off as right. a slate. So I, exactly. I was very, like, I was very cut and dry in a lot of my copy. Um, right. You know, and and I've loosened up a lot. Like I'm, I tell stories. Like if you meet me, like I just I tell stories very naturally. So, you know, my copy, my newer copy, really does that. It really captures that voice. But right. you know, that was something I really had to work my way around to because I was like, oh, I don't want to be seen as just another flaky right. tarot reader who's going to miss all of her appointments, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, like, how, so what do you, how do you address that concern of, like, well, I too love Brian Gosling, but if I send right. Brian Gosling pictures to all my people, like, how is that going to reflect on me? I mean, I think I decided a long time ago, I think it helped that I was really young when I started. I was 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had no sort of, like, reference for that at all. Like, I just was right. like, this is me. I don't even know how to act like an expert, so this is the way it's just going to be. Um, and as I've gotten older and as I sort of become a little higher profile and sort of come up against that a little bit, I think for me it's all about backing it up with really good shit. Like if you are mm-hmm. really great at what you do and if your blog posts are always on point and your content is always on point and you're always doing really great things and showing up and have big and customer service and everything is on point, then everything just starts to fall into place and you develop 
a reputation that, yeah, she loves Ryan Gosling, but she also is going to teach you how to brand your business or she's also going to, you know, do anything else. And, you know, especially in your industry, like you said, you just you just really just show up and you do mm-hmm. your thing and you be yourself and you are unapologetic about it. This is a big thing that I have to always tell people to do is don't apologize. Like, I know, like, women, we're such, we're like, sorry, 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 sorry. It's, like, in our nature. And there's a time to be sorry, but you don't ever want to be sorry for who you are as a person and what you like and what you represent. Um, You just want to be unapologetic and be like, yes, I love Ryan Gosling. I love the 90s, but I also have a bunch of testimonials. I also have worked with over 300 women, blah, 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 blah. So you just mm-hmm. come in a package because we're not just one thing. Like, we're not just, like, beep, 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 robots who, like, spit out services. What makes us so great and what makes us entrepreneurs and small businesses is that people are working with people. You know, if people wanted to work with robots or something else, they would, or they would just go to a YouTube video. You know, that's part of our sales advantage is that we're actual people. So use that and embrace that and just make sure your stuff is always on point and that just takes care of all that. That is good advice because I am really all about follow through, responding to clients really quickly. You know, the people, most of my clients who've known me and I've got clients who've been with me for over 20 years, they know I love television, (laughs) which a lot of people hate. And they know I love, I just love music and food. And, and they know that about me, but they also know when they come for an appointment, I'm on time, uh, you're going to get served, right? You are going, I'm, I'm not going to be like flaking out or anything like that. I'm super reliable. Yeah. That builds trust. That builds trust. Yeah. And, and customer service is the unseen branding tool. You talk about um, elements of the brand. Customer service yep. is that unseen thing. It's something I had to learn really early on because I wasn't always the best at it. But once you really are like, okay, I'm on it, you just develop a great reputation. So, like, you know, people will tweet, like, oh, today, because um, I know when we just had our rebrand, the rebrand was a very, like, a massive overhaul. We had to move to a new server. We had this whole internal structure. We had some stuff go wrong inside the brand, which is just natural. It happens to all, you know, you know, if you change over a server or whatever. And so we had people buying, and, like, stuff was not going as well as we wanted it to. And so we just emailed, like, within five or ten minutes every single person, and we got all these lovely tweets that are like, hey, Shaney's customer service is so great and stuff like that. So that's sort of like the underbelly. Yep. And please believe those people got Ryan Gosling photos. For sure they got Ryan Gosling photos. <laughs> so, you know, like that's just another piece of it. And we just try to do our best every time to improve and improve and keep our systems and, you know, make mistakes and then just make sure you're on them. So that's another part of branding as well. Well, we got somebody sent in a question now about quirks. So uh, this is from Shelby. Hi, Shelby. Hi. And Shelby says, hi, Teresa, Bree, and Shanae. I recently graduated from college, and I'm using the next few months to really figure out and establish my brand before I make the big move to the city of my dreams and start pursuing work as both a theater artist and a tarot reader. I've been oh, learning wonderful. a lot. Of, I know awesome. this is cool. Great combination. <laughs> I've been learning a lot about metaphysical branding and branding for actors, but I'm struggling to find a way to brand myself as someone who is a tarot reader and an actor. How do I embrace oh, yeah. all these quirks as someone who is a geeky actor poet 
and good with both tarot cards and swords? You know, it's that's great. It just it's just a great distinguishing factor from you and other people who do what you do. It's like I not only have this insight with you know tarot, but I also have this acting background that brings another whole aspect to the way that I connect and the way I see and the way that I sort of understand what I'm doing. So, okay, so you have two, um, let's say, two copywriters. And you have one copywriter who it used to be a photographer. And then you have another copywriter who used to be um, a screenwriter, right? So they both copyright. But what they bring differently to it is you have probably the screenwriter has a very visual style to their copywriting and you know the photographer or wait the photographer has a very visual style to the copywriting and then you know the screenwriter is probably going to be quirky and you know personality and maybe have sort of like characters in their style so it's like they they both do the same thing but their history adds a new dynamic and a layer of fun into what they're doing so you just add that to the copy and talk about how that influences the work you do you know Everything we did before we're doing what we're doing now somehow influenced what we're doing now. And it's the same thing for the two things you're doing probably. I'm sure because of you being an actor, it gives you a whole new point of view the way into the work you do, right? So I think you just use that and just sort of blow that up even more. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That's really great advice. You know, I have two separate businesses, by the way. I also run a yoga studio. And I've been doing oh, I did that not for, know that. Yes. <laughs> I've been doing it for a decade. And my yoga studio is a very separate entity, but I've had a very loyal following for the last uh, you know, decade and I have found that I can juggle both of those things just fine. I think a really important thing is just to be me in both both the yoga exactly. and both the tarot and I think you I think you can uh, I, I, of course, I like to say it's because I'm a Gemini. I've got too many personalities here and different things I'm trying to juggle. But I found <laughs> I can integrate it. It can be done. So I think, Shelby, I think the advice that uh, you're getting here from Shanae is, is very, very, hopefully very helpful to you. Great question. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. very good question. So moving I'm on, what, what, what's next, Bree? What do we want to ask her next? Well, we wanted to ask our next question is, what should we be thinking about as we write our blogs in terms of branding? Because you have an awesome blog that we love. Oh, thank you. (laughs) We love your newsletter, too, so we can even think about newsletters and blogs while we're at it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, basically, I think that's right, Teresa. Like, just writing in general as we write, yeah. how do we need to be thinking about our brand? So um, my biggest advice for content writing is that you want to be inside of the head of the customer. So one of the biggest problems with um, blogging for a lot of people is that they write their blogs and write their content as if they are themselves. So the way you talk about what you do is going to be very, very different from the way your customers talk about what you do. So yeah. The first thing that you have to do is take yourself out of your expert mind. What I do is I create characters. So um, I did this project a a few years ago where I talked to 100 people. And so I use these people as my avatars. And I, like, sit down and I think about the conversations and I look at notes I've had and 
I think about what people have said in social media about what is going on, and I'm like, okay, I know that their problem is this, but how do they talk about this? So, for example, if I have a blog post that's about, you know, products or, like, what products that you should use or whatever, instead of me being, like, all expert talking, like, this is how you, you know, the two different types of products you need, and da da da, da. I'm like, okay, they want to know how to make products that their people will want and that they want and are not bored by. That's what they really want. It's not what I want to tell them. It's what they want to hear. So that's the first thing when you're thinking about your brand and your blog post and your content is get in the sort of mind space because, again, we're building the story. We're building this story that people will use to talk about you. And so you want the part of the story to be, oh, my God, Sinead really knows what I'm thinking. She's inside of my head. So whenever I have problems, I'm going to go to her blog post first. That's what you want to do with your clients. So you want to be in their heads and really be fluent in client. Don't be fluent in yourself and what you know, but really get into their heads and understand how they're thinking about things and write from that place. So that's how you sort of, when you're thinking about what to write, that's sort of what you would do. That's really good Love advice. It. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really helpful. I mean, it's especially helpful for somebody like me who can be very heady, um, overly intellectual sometimes. And, you know, and I, I can see it in my stats because some of my most popular blog posts are very, like, stripped-down, simple how-to kinds of right. posts. And and I've also created places in my business where I can do, like, the really intellectual thing. Like, my intensives, are, we go very, very deep, and we get very detailed right. in our subject yeah. matter. So that, like, I kind of answered that need for myself, but then also I think that what you're saying is so true. We really do need to think about the audience that we're writing for and what right. it is that they're looking for, what they need, how to be of service to them. One of the things I always tell people to do is when you're giving free content, give people the cliff notes, and then when people buy from you, they get the whole book. They get every, you know, all the details and stuff like that. But when they're out there, and if you remember reading cliff notes, when they summarize things, they just get to the facts. Like, what are the things you need to know? What are the things your your teachers are going to ask you? That's the same thing you want to do with your content is just really get to the point and really get to the meat of what they're thinking about and what they're wanting and why they open the book. And then when they get in, they get the rest of the book. That's the benefit of buying is that they get more and they get more in depth and they get more help. So. Mm-hmm. Well, if Bree, if you're worried about being too heady and intellectual, I'm going to take care of that in a few weeks. <laughs> I know you are. I am. This is this is why you're so good for me, Teresa. <laughs> I've got some ideas for you. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna take you to my world a little bit. <laughs> oh my god! It's gonna be awesome. Believe it or not, I'm, I'm actually. I'm, I I also like to say I there's an intellectual in here and I'm a lot there smarter is an intellectual <laughs> and I like to let on but I am such a pop culture like into that and I I have to laugh because my children are both extremely educated and they're horrified that I refuse to read the classics but they know this is what their mom is all about they know I'm going to be watching Game of Thrones but I'm not going to read the book so well I do love Game of Thrones actually <laughs> that's one of our sweet meeting places so. yes. And Outlander, have you guys seen Outlander? Oh, my God. So good. No, no I yet. heard it's amazing. It's really good. Yeah. So I, I, have a, I have a question that I want to circle back to now that uh, 
you mentioned something about personality archetypes. Yeah. And you know, since we're talking here that we have uh our our personalities going just the way they're going and Bree and I are both very uh pretty transparent. What you see is what you get with mm-hmm. us. Um so I really want to hear about this personality archetypes because that made me prick up my ears a little bit. So the personality archetypes are um the types of personalities that are just like the very bare bones sort of shallow versions of things that people feel like they have to be because they represent the personalities of some of the major people in our perspective industry, probably yours and mine as well. Mm-hmm. And so the first archetype is the homegirl, like the, hey, girl, hey, like I'm so like down and laid back and awesome and whatever and I'm super cool girl or whatever, which is a mm-hmm. great personality to have, but sometimes people who don't have that personality try to take on that archetype because mm-hmm. they feel like they have to do that. Um, one of the biggest people in our industry, I guess, and it probably would serve your industry, is Marie Forleo. Right. Mm-hmm. She's very much this person, right? And so you go to all these sites and all these women who you can tell are different personalities. They take on her mannerism. Right. They take on her branding. Their copy is all written in a certain way to match this very, just the surface level of what they're doing. And Marie Forleo is probably one of the best marketers out there. So you can't jack that. You can't jack that flow at all. And so you're going to be very awkward at mm-hmm. it. Another personality archetype would be probably a Chris Carr, Danielle Laporte hybrid type of person so very like spiritual and not in a way in a way that sort of like um sorry i realized my air conditioning was so loud old apartment sorry (laughs) (laughs) like a very sort of like um in spiritual and like very sort of like soul sister you know crystals and all that stuff which is really great and people had those as aspects of their personality but i find that most of these people take on their person those personalities completely and let go of all of the depth of who they are so for example if they like rap music if they like doctor who if they like you know um, Greek mm-hmm. mythology and stuff like that. They just take all that away and just become this very shallow type of personality. So that's the second one. The third one is the, you know, the cursing, very loud, brash. I curse every word and fuck this. And I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on this podcast. Um, <laughs> and, 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 um, you mother effers better get your shit done and blah 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 which is, <laughs> which is another you know, those are great aspects to have as a part of your personality. But if that's not who you are and you decide to try to be that person as a sort of um uh, attempt at personality, it's gonna fall flat and you're just gonna look ridiculous and it's gonna sound you know, completely think that's like one of the big things about my brand is I don't really curse that much in my brand. Like it's not who I am. And so if I try to like throw a, a bunch of F-bombs in my copy, it's going to be awkward. So I don't do it. So those are sort of the three major ones. There's a, there's, I mean, there's one, you know, beyond that, but I think those are the three big ones that most people probably copy the most. Like right. sort of the, hey girl, hey, the sort of spiritual soul sister, and then like the, hey, I'm so badass and hardcore and we're going to get stuff mm-hmm. done personalities. And again, there's nothing wrong with having these personalities. They're not a bad thing. It's just when you are not who those, if you sort of portray 
the beautiful intricacies of your personality. It was like, as people, we're so unique and awesome. We have all these amazing stories and these things that happen to us. And what happens is that people just forget all of that. And they're like, I have to be this type of person if I want to have this type of success. Mm-hmm. And so they do that. Um, and then it just ends up being horrible. So that's what I mean by per- brand personality archetypes. Um, um, and they're very, very dangerous. They're very, very – and then we have sort of micro ones. So if, you know, I have my own sort of micro archetypes as far as people who copy me, um, they try to sort of take on some of the way I talk and stuff like that. And it's just – it's just I just – I don't know. Like, it's so horrible to watch because obviously me, my whole story, everything about me has made me to be who I am. But by archetyping me, it just makes me, like, seem so shallow. I'm just like, oh, I don't really talk like that, do I? No, they're just copying me. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like you can also get sort of – have people that's essentially what cop a copying is is somebody taking what they think are aspects of your personality and imposing them on their own self their person brand so that's sort of what personality archetypes are that helps thank you yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's so. So the archetypes then are something that we want people to steer clear from. Yeah, we I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that they, if they, if they are into some of the stuff that are a part of those archetypes, like we all are very multifaceted, awesome human beings. They should be whoever they are. What I mean is like by the. The the way the reason why I let people know about these brand archetypes because I don't because I think a lot of people subconsciously without knowing it once I explain it to them they're like oh my god I'm doing that I'm like yeah you're totally yeah. doing that you know that's <laughs> not like mm-hmm. something that people intentionally do but once they hear what the archetypes are they totally are like oh my god yeah I did that in my last um, blog post or my copy that last pass mm-hmm. was totally homegirl branding that's not me at all let me go back so it's just something to be aware of when you're writing your copy it's like am I being me or have I been on Chris Carr's site too long or have I been on Daniel Laporte's site too long or have I been on Teresa Reed's site too long or have I been mm-hmm. on Reed's site too long yeah. and am I being them instead so do you guys both feel this and I, I don't know if you do but don't you feel you can now kind of spot those people who are doing that really easily? Because oh, yeah. I can. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, you know, it's for me, it's like down to my naming system, which my naming system is so particular. Like, I have some crazy names like, for my products and stuff, like Piece of Cake, Hot Brand Action, Cash Money, Yo. Like, it's very, like, branded to Sinead. But so it's easy to tell when somebody is trying to take the spirit of that and do something else um, because there's a lot that goes into those decisions. I think that's what I want people to know most. It's like, it's not like we're just throwing it up there. Like, you know, I think a long time about my product names and my colors I choose and what my brand is going to look like, and I invest a lot of money in it. And so it's always, that's why it's so easy to spot because it's basically a cheap knockoff of whatever you did yourself. So whether it's, you know, money investment or even time investment, which is what I always tell people too it's like you know don't take you know take for granted that just because their site doesn't look like it's like a forty thousand dollar site if their copy's really good and there's a lot of love into it then there's a time investment that you're copying as well um mm. that you know 
is huge okay. too. That's right. So, and you know, I think that something that I have seen happen, I've seen people try to, um, well, there's a couple of things. You know, first of all, you talked about quirks, and I think quirks are so important because they do make it harder for you to be copied. Um, yeah. The fact that I'm a classics nerd makes it hard for people to copy me unless they right. have some kind of background in that. And the more open I've become about my just my unabashed nerdiness, you know, the, <laughs> the more, I mean, because it's just true, um, the more the more that it, it has been difficult for people to copy me. But I also have seen well-meaning people, people who are friends of mine, yeah, um, start totally. to copy me. Um, and, and I know that they're not, I know it's not coming from a malicious place. And I think one of the reasons why is because, again, you know, we have so many introverts in our, in our world. And, you know, for an introvert, the idea of exposing oneself, especially right. to an unknown audience, oh, is absolutely. really overwhelming. So, like, for, for those folks, I mean, do you see introverts that have a strong brand? Is it possible to be an introvert and totally. still rock the branding? Totally. So I am actually an introvert, believe it or not. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. I would never yes. know that, like looking I at all not, of your juiciness on your site. But I love that. Right. I'm not only an introvert, but I'm also a highly sensitive personality type. So I'm like the gambit of introvertness. Like when people, like, cause people will be like, oh, extrovert, blah, 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 and introvert, blah, 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 and I'll be like, I'm an introvert too. And they're like, what? And it's true. I am one. And so I'm a good example. I just sort of am really good about expelling my energy. And a lot of times it's not about being an introvert or an extrovert. It's just about being brave and being able to sort of be like, okay, I'm going to be this person. I'm going to put myself out there in this in a way that's authentic to me, even though it's scary. So I have people who come. I get lots of emails like this that are like, I'm an introvert and I'm not like crazy and da 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 da. So like, how do I make this work? And it's really about taking the essence of who you are, without being without you know like separating yourself from your introvert identity, which is something I do all the time, and being like, who am I without this label of being an introvert? What makes up who I am? And using that as a foundation for your brand. So, like I said, I'm, I'm an introvert. Um, I love people. So I'm an introvert that loves people. But after this conversation, I'm going to, like, go under my covers and, like, lay down in the, <laughs> the fetal position because I'm an introvert and I need to, like, re-get my energy. But I still love what I do and I'm really great at what I do. So I want to talk to it about, talk to people about it and do stuff like this. So I think that's the biggest thing as an introvert is take – those quirks and stuff that you have and really concentrate them and focus on that and focus on your work and take little steps to become braver and braver every single day. It's really uncomfortable for you. And design your life and your business in a way that fits who you are. So for me, that means I don't have lots of one-on-one calls a lot. Like I have maybe, gosh, one to three a week one-on-one calls because I'm such like I just need my cocoon time. I need lots of cocoon time. I need lots of, like, my brand is very, lots of products in my brand because I'm very much a, a writer and like to be by myself and have my headphones and just write for days and days at a time. So it's stuff mm-hmm. like that that really sort of defines not just your brand, but your business as a whole. 
And if you make those decisions in your brand so that you're making it so that you're not expelling your energy in lots of different ways and you're focusing it, it makes the branding stuff easier because I'm just like, oh, I have to do this for a little bit. You know, I only have to write a couple of posts. I only have to do a couple of conversations. And then I can go play. I can go hang out with Alfred for a little bit and then go out later, whatever. So that's sort of my advice for introverts as one myself. Yeah, we're, I think Bree and I are both introverts as well, so mm-hmm. that's really awesome advice. Super useful. Yeah, yeah, I like I, I like that a lot. I especially think it's really right on. You know, you want to think about the way that the whole fits together. So, how is the business fitting in with your whole life, and are you giving yourself totally. enough time to recharge? That's so important. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like especially when I was younger. Well, I'm not that much older than I was when I started, but when I was like 22. 21, uh, I had a lot more energy for, like, just go, 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 and then I just, like, started to burn out around the two-year mark, and I was like, why am I burning out? And I was like, oh, maybe because I'm launching every other month. That could be it. So <laughs> it's like, really? Um, and I'm still just, even now, I'm still learning that, like, to, like, not launch so much or not be out there so much and, like, let my business and stuff grow slowly and steadily without doing all the things that you need to do sometimes to grow really quickly. So it's about making those decisions as well. And to not be afraid to make those decisions. Don't think you're going to be left behind. You're not going to be left behind. It's going to be fine. So, yeah. That's really, really wonderful advice. And I, I really want to get your advice on a subject that we've talked on a little bit before here. And it's a really touchy one because we keep on, it seems like we keep on going back to the thing about being yourself. And so I, yeah. I do want to talk about copycats a little bit because I know what? you've experienced this, uh, and somebody had copied your site right down to the design and offerings. And yeah. I had somebody take my web copy for one of my offerings. I mean, right down to the slang I use. Everybody knows I use slang. I use it really with wild abandon. And this person all of a sudden is using my slang and my structure. And it was really a colors, your colors, almost. Yep. It's really, really upsetting when you see somebody doing that, not just because, A, they stole them from you, but, B, it's like it feels like identity theft to me. It's like it has, oh, it nothing, to do with, right, it has totally. nothing to do with business, like there's enough business for all of us. So it never has anything to do with that or the competition. It has to do with that feeling of having your identity jacked. And so yeah. um, what I want you to talk to our audience about tonight is when people try to steal your swag or they try to be you, how does that reflect yeah. on their brand? But also, yeah. what is the best way for you to deal with a swagger jagger? What do you say to someone who is tempted to, quote, unquote, model their site after yours? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, first of all, what it says about their brand, everybody knows it. Like, I get emails. There's another person who's pretty prominent in our industry, and she's a pretty known swagger jacker of mine. And I get emails about it all the time, and, like, people be like, did you see this? You know, she has Ryan Gosling on this. And I'm just like, you know what, I, you know. So there's two ways to approach this. First of all, I just, people know it. That's the first thing you need to know. People know it. Like, the energy is out there. Don't think that people don't notice. I know because a lot of people are like, but people don't know, and they're going to hire them instead. No, they never do. They never do, okay? <laughs> like, because if you are copying somebody's, site that obviously you have other business issues beyond this trust like Mm -hmm. no like you know no well-established business who is very successful well there are some but like most of them are not about 
to like outsell you. So there's that. And it just, you know, it makes them just feel unauthentic. And even if it doesn't happen before the sale, most likely whoever goes to their site or whoever buys for them is going to read a product or get on the phone with them and just going to be like, something doesn't feel right. Something doesn't, something isn't right. So that stuff always comes around, even if it's not as obvious. For me, I've approached some people, if it's very, very sort of obvious, obvious, um, I approach them, and usually they're okay about it, and they're like, I'm very, very sorry, and take it down. I think it becomes more complicated if it's not so obvious, <laughs> like if mm. it's a little more nuanced in the copying, like colors or naming systems or like just lines here or there. If it's stuff like that, I just ignore them, and I just, you know, say a little prayer you know, do my sort of tantrum, I talk to my mom or my dad, and I go crazy about it, and then I sort of let it go and get back to work. Um, So I think when it's really, really obvious, then you approach them and do the lawyerly things and stuff like that, if you feel like it's worth it. For me, it's happened so many times at this point, like, I don't even post about it, I don't even talk about it, I just sort of am like, I'm busy, and it just requires so much energy for me all the time to approach these people, especially if it's not as obvious, and I had one incident that went really, really badly, and so for me, I, another thing I do is I, like, write the email, like, I write them an email, I let them know, you know, that I see them or whatever, and that, you know, it just gets complicated. Like, sometimes I'll send an email that's like, you know, hey, like, this looks really familiar or whatever. Um, You know, it's just you've listed this copy, and sometimes you sort of maybe use screenshots if you really want to do it. But then oftentimes it just is sometimes it just, I don't know, guys, it's just too much energy for me. (laughs) You know, it's hard to keep up with all the time and, like, keep up with doing my good work and serving my people and trying to, like, protect my identity all the time so sometimes I say you know what they're going to do them and I'm going to do me and I'm going to be better and do faster stronger and all that good stuff so it's like there's not really a good answer to it a lot of times you just have to fill it out you know mm-hmm. around in circles on that one I hope that made sense <laughs> yeah I, I think I think that's that's totally right you know it's the, the copying thing I mean, I think sometimes I did take uh, legal action. I had somebody yeah. who literally had it, it, it. They didn't just copy me. They took like a whole. They took a whole web page from my site and put it yeah. on their site and made yeah, it look like I was a partner with yeah. them. Yeah, that, which was just that was just. And so I sent them. I did get legal with them, but most of the time, you know, it's like you don't you don't have my magic, so you're yeah. not going to do anything magical with what you're putting exactly. out there. That's it. You know, and it's just kind of like at this point, um, where the the industry is right now, if you get to a certain place, it's just so unavoidable, you know. I mean, we're talking about Marie Forleo earlier, like all the sites that look like hers. Did, mm-hmm. Could you imagine if she sued all those people? Holy crap. Like, it's like literally I think it's hundreds of sites at this point um, are copying her in some shape or form. So sometimes you just don't have time for it, you know? Mm. So, yeah, yeah. 
We're getting down to the last couple minutes, and I think we have another question about, and this is a really good one probably for Bree to ask because Bree is in the process of doing a little re- right. little rebrand. Do you wanna, what do we want to ask you yeah. about rebranding? So when is the best time to rebrand, and when is it not a good time to you? And how can rebranding yeah. hurt your business? That is, yeah, oh, it's, it's definitely something I've been thinking a lot about this year. Oh, I love this question. I just rebranded myself earlier this year. Um, and so, okay, so when is a bad time to rebrand? It's a bad time to rebrand if you are still figuring stuff out. So if you can't, with complete certainty, sort of talk about who you serve, what you do, what your products are, what you want to be selling over the next year or so, then a rebrand is going to be kind of, it depends on how in-depth the rebrand is. But when you go into a rebrand process, a rebrand's purpose is, like I said, it's called a rebrand for a reason. So if it's not, because like, okay, let me back up. A rebrand and a redesign are two different things. So a redesign is when you're taking sort of structures that are already there and redesigning them so they're more updated or look better or whatever. A rebrand is taking your brand another direction. So if you're not taking your brand another direction, um, then I suggest doing a redesign, maybe a cheaper, you know, less investment. I think redesign should always be the lesser investment. Rebrands are always going to be higher investments because you're not only changing the look, but you're changing the story. Mm-hmm. So if you have no intention of changing the story that you're telling, then you should probably be doing a redesign. If you are not, if you decide to rebrand when you really want to redesign, the reason why I get hurt the brand is because you're going to confuse people and you and your site are going to be on the wrong page. So you're going to be selling something and your site's going to be selling something else because what a redesigner, what a rebrander is going to do is take, you know, concepts and ideas and a story that's not like the one you have and do something else with it. That's sort of the purpose of a rebrand when a redesigner is just saying, hey, this stuff is here and I'm just going to make it, you know, more sleek or more expensive or get you in a higher price bracket or whatever. So that's sort of what the difference is. And I think rebrands are really, really great if you know you're going a different direction, if you know you want to serve a new market in a very specific way. Um, But rebrands are about clarity. So you don't ever want to do a rebrand unless you sort of have some really good clarity because most of the time these are going to be investments. Um, But if it's just going to be a redesign, I think it's always a good time for it. I mean, if you can afford it um, to update your graphics. And But for the rebrand, and I always suggest these, like I said, be a deeper investment. You want to sort of know where you want to go first. Does that help? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That, I think yeah. I think that's really important. The clarity part is huge. Yeah. Right. And it's also a good idea to know when to retire things, when things aren't working. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, business is always evolving because my business it certainly isn't it doesn't look the same as it did twenty years ago. And I'm sure right. Bree, yours doesn't look the same as when you started or when you no. put your site even, it's changed, yeah. right? Oh, God, the first site, I think I've told the story on the show. Like, the first site I did, I did it myself, and it was, like, the most janky, (laughs) fresh-hell website you've ever seen. Yeah, Yeah, for sure, for sure. I've come a long way, and 
And that's a that's a joy of being a web-based business, I think, is that you can make those changes and mark them yeah. visually. Totally. And I always tell people, I think, because we've become such a visual sort of society um, that people want to just, you know, dump a bunch of money into or what they think is a rebrand. But I always tell them to just really sort of stick with the site you have and, like, love it and expand it and give it lots of love. And once you feel like you've really, really outgrown it and not when you feel like you should upgrade it, that's when you change it. You know, mm-hmm. for me, I had my same site for a long time because it still felt right to me. I still felt like, you know, it was getting me sales. I was It was functioning in the way that I wanted it to function. And then when it started to not, and I, my dream sort of expanded beyond what I had created, then it was time for an upgrade and not before then. Otherwise, you're going to be wasting your money. So, Also, you confuse yeah. people. I know someone in our industry that I watch doing rebrand after rebrand after rebrand after rebrand after rebrand. And yeah. one day I was looking at her stuff and I thought, what are you doing? Who the hell are you? Oh, my yeah. God, that happened to me today. That happened to me today. I was going onto somebody's page um, and I was just like, where am, like, does she even sell what I thought she was selling before? <laughs> you know, you don't ever want to get in a space where you're moving so fast that nobody can keep up with you and they can't follow your story. Again, it goes back to brand our stories. And if we can't follow your story, then there's no point, no point. So, Well, we are down now to the absolute last minute. And this has been such I've, – I've learned new stuff today, Shanae. I always learn from you, which is why oh, you're one of the newsletters that I subscribe to, one of the very few that I read religiously. I always Thank learn you. from you every single time. And uh, for people who are listening, if you want to get into Shanae's world and get her wisdom delivered to your inbox, you can find her at heyshanae.com, and that's H-E-Y-S-H-E. N E E dot com. The extra E is for extra excellent. So, (laughs) (laughs) and she's got a lot of great classes. I've uh, also purchased some of her products or eBooks, and I can really say I I just learned a lot from you. From you, so I really appreciate you putting that wisdom out there and out here tonight for our audience. So thank you so much. No problem. Thank you guys. We've got a fabulous new, yeah, fabulous new show next month. Are you ready to reveal uh, reveal the nature of what we're talking about next month, Bree? I know. I need to get like the burlesque music going and the fans, like for the fan music. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much, Shanae. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you so so much. This was really really helpful. Um, you know, and I think that we've given everyone some good ideas about how they can go forth and brand and, and tell their story and listen to their story. So you rocked it, as we knew you would. And next month, on October 22nd, we are going to talk about how to host retreats and workshops. And the reason why we decided to do this show at this time is because Teresa and I will both be fresh off of the sole proprietor retreat that is happening 
in the middle of October. It's happening right before our show, actually. And so we're going to be able to share all of our thoughts and our tips and our experiences so that everyone can learn how to create the best events ever. You know, this is something that um, I'm really excited for the show. I'm really excited for the retreat, and I'm also really excited for the show because this is a question that I get asked all of the time, you know, how can I do a retreat? How, you know, how do I get speakers? How do I treat my speakers? How do I organize it? How do I find a venue? Well, Teresa has been working so steadily on organizing Soulful Proprietor, and it's it's really just thus far been a very smooth process from where I've been sitting. So we'll have the we'll have all of the background for you on how she put it together from A to Z, but then we'll also talk about the retreat itself and the elements that that really worked and really locked into place and and you know, I think that it's going to be something that will really help anyone who's interested in either hosting a retreat attending a retreat or speaking at a retreat to make that a possibility. Right on. We're going to have a lot of really great information, and hopefully everything goes well. But you know what the wonderful thing is? If things aren't perfect for this retreat, we will have also things that we, we can We get share. to learn. Absolutely. <laughs> everything that we do in when you're an entrepreneur Everything that you're doing, every day is a learning opportunity. And tonight I've learned so much. Again, Shanae, I, I really loved having you here. And so everybody, if you want to find Shanae, and I'm going to tell you, get on her newsletter list. Please do. Get in her <laughs> Find her at heyshanae.com. And keep an eye out for Ryan Gosling. Keep her posted just in case. And single and <laughs> ready to mingle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me know. <laughs> we He's do an introduction. Be in Atlanta. He's going to be in Atlanta in a, for a couple of weeks. And that's where my parents live. And I was like, of course. Of course he's going to be around you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so for everybody tonight, again, thank you so much for also listening and being here with us tonight. We had a really just a nice group here and love seeing some of the familiar faces and a couple new faces that I don't know. And if you want to get to know me more, you can find me at Teresa Reed. Uh, not, I am Teresa Reed. You can find me at thetarotlady.com. And Bree, where can people find you? Thank you guys so much for sharing your evening with us. We hope that you have a wonderful rest of your evening and that this show has been very helpful. You can find me at milagroroots.com. I am Bree Sassi. And thank you again for being present with us. It always is so great to have the live people on the other end of the phone line. We can feel you there. Yes. And we'll see you guys next month, October 22nd, same bad time, same bad channel. And we're going to be really nailing you guys with lots of good information about retreats and workshops. So see you then. Good night. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Janelle.